0: it's it's getting your revenue it's it's giving you choices it's it's helping our future i mean it's it's empowering ourselves so it's coding is just so much more
1: hey it's holly today on pediatrics now we're talking about coding something this doctor says can change your life
0: before all of that, I was seriously thinking to get out of pediatrics. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, after I finished my MBA and had a couple of job offers, uh, insurance companies. But, you know, I just I prayed so much about it and um, I, I just couldn't do it. And, you know, I just said, you know what, I had to change myself no one's going to save me, but me, <laughs> I have to change myself. And I, and so that's why I went back and, and went to, got, you know, went to that, um, it's called AEPC, um, And also there's another one here in San Antonio called PMI practice management Institute. And so th- those two really helped me to get, to really understand um, coding. And, you know, and since doing that, Uh, My revenue has gone up about 33 percent without even really seeing more patients. It's just more uh, just capturing what I'm doing.
1: She's adjunct faculty here at UT Health San Antonio and the University of Incarnate Word School of Osteopathic Medicine. Dr. Parsi has her MBA from the University of Texas at San Antonio. She joined the American Academy of Pediatrics editorial advisory board for coding. And since then, she's been in private practice. She owns her own pediatric praxis here in San Antonio. She became a certified pediatric coder with the American Academy of Professional Coders in 2014. And she serves on the AAP Committee on Coding and Nomenclature. Dr. Parsi, thank you so much for joining me here today.
0: No, thank you for having me, Holly. I'm really excited to to be a part of this, thank you.
1: It's so great to talk to you. So you joined the American Academy of Pediatrics Editorial Advisory Board for Coding, and you're the editor and chair of the AAP Editorial Advisory Board for the Pediatric Coding Materials. How's that going?
0: Right. No, it's, um, you know, I really love it. And it, it it's definitely been a process. It, I try to teach all my staff, that not only the providers, but also the medical assistants, that, you know, the billers. I mean, everybody is knows coding. And so it's great because we can work as a team and we're almost like triple checking everything because um, people are understanding the codes, the ICD-10 codes, the CPT codes, the documentation. Because I'm the first person to say I'm not hundred percent correct all the time because we're just going so fast. Um, so um, but so having a, you know, another other pair of eyes on it really helps a lot. But ultimately, as a as a provider, we are responsible for all the work that goes out, not the biller, it's it's the physician.
1: gonna say Dr. Percy, and it can help the practitioner to stay in compliance as well.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And that, and you picked up a, a key point because, you know, it's not only coding in your revenue, it's staying compliant. So when we're audited, we can see that our documentation is supporting our, um. and in in, with the patients that I'm seeing.
1: Break it down for us. What, what would you say is the first step? I think that's really important.
0: Um, and uh, in fact, we're, we're um, I just had a conversation yesterday with the American County Pediatrics to have a, we're working on like a curriculum. And, and I think that's gonna be really important. Um, so I think, you know, learning uh, people, learning your basics of coding, that's really important. They actually have um, the, a coding basics book from AEP, it's a little booklet. Um, they also have evaluation management, it's a little booklet. They have coding cards. Um, and they also have um, videos of coding as well, too, which I think are really helpful, the AAP. So, um, you know, so all all, I mean, just it, it's simple things. AAP is a fantastic resource. There's even a free AAP coding hotline that you can do as well, too. If you have a question, you can, you can go to the hotline, which is a fantastic service. I mean, the people that are answering those questions are like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. But you can also, you know, break down the book. It also comes as an ebook, Or if you want to just buy a chapter, they have that option, too. You can just buy a chapter of that. Um, I do really like that Coding Basic book and that E&M, Evaluation and Management book. They're booklets. Basically, they, they, they took a chapters out of those a coding for pediatrics. And they they try to make it a little bit, you know, manageable on that one as well too. I'm I'm actually working on slides for those, by the way. You can get a certificate of completion with the coding basics and the evaluation and management booklet, um, and there is a certificate of completion. I'm I'm actually currently working on slides for that, (laughs) for those two books to, to turn it into a course. So I'm, I'm working on that too, but, but you can start reading that on your own. Um, and it's, and it's, it, it's just helpful just to, cause it, it sounds like, you know, basics. You're like, ah, I don't need to know that, but it's like the building blocks. So you, you, when you're talking, you understand what you're, what you're saying is it, it's another language um, cause you can be the best physician ever, <laughs> But if we don't know coding and documenting well, we're not going to make it. We're just not going to make it even, even if you're, you know, yeah, we just have to know simple things to, and, and simple things go a long way.
1: So let's take a case. A child comes in with her mom and she has a fever, cough, and congestion. Walk us through it.
0: So it's so a great question. Um, so you when we're documenting, you know, we always wanna start off with our chief complaint because that's what they're looking at uh, uh, And as an auditor. Um, and so, and then you're looking at your history and present illness, even though those are not um, points like for coding per se, because it's changed for the 2021 guidelines now, it's my medical decision-making and time. And so um, medical decision-making, let me back up a little bit to say medical decision-making um, for what we call problem-oriented or sick visits, that would be um, two out of the three categories, which is um, problems addressed, data, and risk. Two out of three. Or is it time? So um, really understanding there's a chart um, for that, for the um, medical decision-making, there's a chart. And so we really do need to memorize that chart. But I always say, if we can memorize the Krebs cycle, <laughs> we can totally memorize this chart. And so, um, so that's really important. So then back to your case. So you you always want to have the chief complaint, your history present illness, um, you know, your view systems and um, social history, medications, family history, um, because some of those can be codes, um, as well too so like you're like let's say this child maybe um maybe parents are divorced and mom can't get uh, the medications or something like that that is you know that's a code for that um, um either for the d- divorce and or is that homelessness or is that food insecurity so and then that actually adds into the risk category of the medical decision making um, and so that actually, Adds to the complexity um, that this child may not get the proper care, so that complexity just went way up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and so because and then you know following that and, and documenting all of that in you, um, in your time or if you can override it with your time, but your medical decision making is 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 high. Now let's say let's say we take that same child, you know, a two year old or three or four year old and has those same symptoms, 101 upper respiratory, we're going to treat that child very differently. And so, you know, depending what we want to, uh, now let's say, you know, they don't want to order anything. Maybe it's a cash patient and they just, they'd rather not order anything. And then that's fine. Um, fever, your eye, and then you put your data and a historian would be a parent. And you ha- we have to document that historian. Um, mm-hmm. Historian means that um, we're getting the information because the child is not able to do that, um, and so he, he does. then the historian does not need to be face um, to face. Just say a grandparent brings in the child, and then and then the parent. We um, can actually. And I do that all the time. We call the parent over the phone to get additional history. Then I document that. You know, grandma and called mother over the phone and spoke with her to get additional history. So so that's that's uh, but as long as we, we need to just document all that. Um and then let's say you know we we rec- you know we we can't we didn't order anything and then um the uh, we did over-the-counter medications. So just looking at that, that is um nine like for example, like a nine eight two one three, um the two out of the three of the medical decision making. Um over-the-counter medication is considered um A a, a 98213 and historian is a 98213 and your upper respiratory infection and fever, I would code that as a 13 as well. So two out of the three. So basically each section I'm coding it and then I'm putting it together, two out of the three. Now let's say let's say you know what um, parent does you know what I just want everything done um, and so then you order that in your own office you know whatever whatever things you have so for example is that a flu or is that a COVID um, or do you do RSV in your office or does the patient have a sore throat or do you see tonsillitis on the exam and you order a strep so now that data um, you, at least three points in your data. Put that as a one four now nine and two one four for example if it's established so you have let's say mom COVID flu that's that's under data that's th- at least three points so that's a one four now let's say if it's all negative and then I'm still giving over the counter and now your diagnosis codes in your problem addressed is let's say fever. Um, Upper respiratory, and you know, uh, let's say pharyngitis. Um, I would still probably put that as a one three, even even though I ordered more data. That's the one so four. So polymer address one three data is the one four, but risk is still a one three. Two out of the three, that's still a one three. Now let's say though that same case. Let's say the patient was positive for strep. So now I'm ordering a prescription. Let's say amoxicillin. So now uh, prescription management under under risk category is considered a one four. Now I have, um, let's say I have mother, I did a flu, um, I did COVID, and I did strep. That's four items. So that definitely meets, I need at least three. So this definitely met met the criteria for a one four. So now, and now my problem addressed. Now I'm having. Uh, remember I had fever, uri and pharyngitis, but now I'm going to say uh, uh, positive strep, let's say tonsillitis, let's say, for example, positive strep, tonsillitis, and then I would put my fever and then I would put my, or, or um, excuse me, positive strep, upper respiratory infection and then fever. You try to put your, your um, uh, symptoms, signs and symptoms last and put the most specific first. So now, now that now that's could be, I would put that as a one four as well. So uh, problem addressed is one four, data is one four, and risk is one four. So I would code that as a one four, and uh, but now put my positive strep tonsillitis uh, as my first diagnosis to go with my CPT code of nine eight two one four. So so you can kind of hopefully um, you could, could see that kind of that progression of that um, of that documentation. That's a long answer to your question.
1: <laughs> well, and Dr. Percy, when when will your course, the AAP course on coding be available? Do you know?
0: Um, so we are in the early works of that. I, we just had the conversation yesterday, so we are in the early works of that. But I am like really excited about it. Um, and to be honest, um, that's something that I could just that I would um, whether the AAP if I can. If if that's going to be through them, uh, but I'm already getting started on it already myself. So I, I do give lectures myself over it. So um, so that's definitely something that that I will be doing myself too.
1: So you you're developing a course, and then you likely will be doing something a course with a correct EA- correct that that's
0: that's 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 the talks right now. Yes, and which I'm really hoping because <laughs> personally I would love to see. I think all of this coding should be standardized in all pediatric residencies across the nation personally. Um, right. because
1: it seems like that would make a ton of sense.
0: Yes, because I think it would really empower pediatricians and um uh, you know, help help because we get so many questions um, and so many like I need even, you know, I, you know, you're finished, you're in private practice or you're working for a university and they're like, I need so many RVUs to go with my salary, but I don't know how to get all those RVUs because it sounds like it's too much. And, um, and I mean, no one's helping me. <laughs> we get that quite a bit all, all across the country. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, and and to be quite honest, I do all this for free for the AAP. So I don't, I don't, I'll, I'll, I don't, you know. I mean, and and I'm really committed to the AAP. So I really, I I really want to benefit other pediatricians because I know what I went through, and I'm grateful for the AAP what they did for me. And I just want to, but 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 my my journey was a whole lot longer, and and I think that could be a whole lot. Shorter and better for other people, and <laughs> not having to go down this long road that I did because it was not a lot of guidance. And I'm just trying. I'm trying. That's my goal. I'm just trying to make things easier for others.
1: So here on pediatrics, now we love quotes. A quote that comes to mind is, "Knowledge is power."
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, so, um, well, my my first one is keep smiling. <laughs> <laughs> keep smiling. Um, and you and, and just be patient. We have to be patient with with ourselves. It's another language. um and it's frustrating too because you mean the other thing part of it you may know all the guidelines, but now the payers have their own interpretation. so that's another frustration, which I am so sorry about. but that's another story. but anyway, so
1: <laughs> but no, but, well, do you usually have someone else handling that who's well, you know, so,
0: so then, you know, I work with my builder and some, and know she's letting me know, oh, they didn't do this, they didn't do that. But, but you can also do a hassle factor and the AEP does help with, with that. You can even send it in for a hassle factor. Somebody's not doing what the guidelines are, are saying. Um, we had like a recent one of our measles, um, shubella and bear and chicken pox and. They were, and this is a this is national issue in fact, to the point that AEP wrote a letter to say this isn't this isn't right. <laughs> and so we were doing MMR and separately, but they were paying us the combo um together, um, which actually wasn't good on their part because it was a little more expensive, but it, it gave us a little more money, but anyway, still wasn't right. <laughs> But um, of course, they're recouping it back. <laughs> but 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 that's the thing, though. You just you know, you there's something that's not right. I and 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 mean, mm-hmm. every day, um, you know, at every every encounter that I do, I I, I um um I kind of audit myself. I'm auditing myself. It just does this look right. And, and I actually have a little template for myself too, so I'm like of all the points, so I'm not forgetting. So I think, I think, so I have a little template for myself. So I'm almost auditing myself um, every, every encounter. Um, and just because we're going so fast, I catch myself so many times like, oh my gosh, that's a one four, not a one three, because I did this and this and that. And, and, um, you know, or is it this overrode my time? Um, uh, and, and remember people, because people tend to focus just on time. Like I just spent, you know, 15 minutes with this patient, but you may have did two chronic stable, so for example, ADHD and asthma. That's two. Plus, you did your you did your um, your medications, and so so your time, your medical decision making. That's a one four. Your medical decision making can override your time, or your time can override your medical decision making. You pick the highest one that best fits your service. You're not trying to overcode. Under code, you're just trying to do exactly what you're doing, but be, I mean be every if we're if we're this is one thing if we're missing one thing, one not coding it correctly, um whether it's a one three one four or one nine two one three one four or one five, we're missing between like thirty to fifty dollars per day. Times 260 working days that comes up to about $10,000 to $14,000 per year just by missing one code, not coding it correctly. So, and that's talking, that's only talking one code. I'm not talking about all the other codes that we could be missing too. (laughs) So, I mean, so it's, it's, it's times 10 years, you know, I mean, it's, it's substantial. It's substantial. And, and every, almost every year, our, our, it's called um, um I'm sorry. I could keep going on and on, <laughs> but but our Medicare that that um, that um, CMS Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services they actually have a um a fee that is our RVU and payers go by go by that RVU. But every year there's a little bit of a trend down every year. So um I'm not, every year is different. But I but like for this year. It's seventy-one cents lower, um, and per RVU um, from last year. So I mean, so every year it's a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller. And so it's so that's why it's so critical for us to really understand exactly what we're doing. It's really tough for us pediatricians, and I definitely not only myself but other other people who who I talk to as well. You know, it's just it's just uh, you know it's just you know depression. Um, just feeling frustrated um you know not being able to pay the bills um, it's scary it's It's a scary feeling to have um to not feel like you have choices and and that's I think what coding does it just empowers us to um, you know to help that you know what maybe I don't like this job maybe I can do something else you know I think it also if we if we have knowledge, it really empowers us to, to be able to, to make changes. And that, and that's a good thing. Um, And then I I think just, you know, like, like as we all know, just, just our own being in a, we we have to be in a good place ourselves so that we can be able to, to do our job. Um, And so, and sometimes that might be a transition and that's okay. People are afraid of change, but it's okay. It's not, it's, you know, people, if people need to join a bigger practice or sell their practice, that's all okay, you know, and so I think just, just kind of just big breath and just, you know, sometimes change is good and that's a good thing, but still though, we still need to know our coding wherever we go.
1: So your passion is to teach coding. How do you code and have eye contact at eye level with the patient?
0: I try to do everything when I'm, as most everything that I can when I'm in the room with them, just so I'm not forgetting things. So I'm as we're talking, I'm looking, and I guess, you know, uh, and I'm sure our our young people are really good at it, looking at the uh, patient and typing and talking at the same time. (laughs) And most patients are pretty, pretty um, understanding. You know, it's just that, that, you know, back and forth, and looking at them, and typing, and, and I always say, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I'm just gonna type this. I'm just gonna type this in, just real quick. And they're like, oh yeah, no problem. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I just, I just kind of give them that little heads up while I'm doing that. And most are really understanding. Um, I'm, just, I'm just gonna send you your medication. I'm just writing out our notes that we're talking about. And then as I'm talking to them and explaining the note. medical decision making or the assessment and plan i'm I'm typing it out as i'm talking to them and then i'm you know going through that with them and just so that we and then i print that out and give that to them um and so they usually like something in their hand and then and then it uh, then i can i try to code it and do all that with that (laughs) and that's that's also good to understand your modifiers that's a whole nother topic modifiers and ndc numbers all that but um so that, of course, some of that is, the biller can double check all of that, but at least you have some idea of what's of what's going on. Because if we don't put, if we don't understand our modifiers, we, for example, like sick and well codes, we mean they they're going to bundle it together, and nobody's going to tell you, no, they're not going to flag you that 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 you did not do that right. <laughs> so we really need to understand.
1: Do you um, think, you know, make sure though, it's something in your mind about like that face-to-face time with the patient. And then I like how you said, where you explain to them kind of what you're doing in general here, I'm, you know, so sorry, here I am. I, I need to type this out for a second or a few minutes.
0: Right, right, yes. And, and another thing, note, you know, I'm just going to type out the notes that we're talking about. So, so I'm, really, I'm I'm typing and talking pretty much the whole time, and and of course, I'm going to do their physical and come back and and just say, you know, just give a moment. I'm just going to put this in real quick for your exam, things like that.
1: Do most providers or do a lot of providers rely on someone else to do this to type, or do you not recommend that?
0: Um, that's a very good point. So, if you have a scribe that that you can train i love scribes and it's perfectly fine to do that um and because they're, technically they're your fingers during the exam and that's fine to do that and then we just have to document that you know we had a scribe okay and, and and then we're signing off on all that yes ma'am
1: okay and dr parsi before we wrap up is there anything else we didn't go over that you'd like to cover this has been great um i think
0: uh, i th- uh, i of course, there's so much to talk about with Cody, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, just having a heads up, um, because, you know, I definitely hear it from all the specialties and I think whatever, be, be a champion in your, in your own practice, you know, cause if people can just, j- don't be afraid, you know, just start being, start being a champion in, in, in your, in your own office, wherever you're at, or if you're in a specialty, a specialist or private practice or you work for a, a big company, um, you can still be a champion wherever you're at to be really learning coding um, and and then to make sure that everyone else is understanding and how do we work together as a team so that, um, so that we can be a voice in medicine and for our patients. Coding is everywhere, everywhere, inpatient, Outpatients, specialists, everywhere is coding and people think, oh, you know, I have my ability to code all that. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I just want to do the medical medicine part of it. Um, you know, that's but we really have to kind of change our mindset because the coder can only code what we have put in. And we may not realize that we're we, we might need to add in more for them to understand um, their the, the language of coding. Mm -hmm. so so they can capture our work Um, and then but but really talking to your biller and understanding because sometimes the biller may also need some guidance to be quite honest Mm -hmm. Uh, you know like i hear that all the time oh you know my biller says only do this and that and you're like well you know you could do that though um so so understanding the guidelines is a huge thing really
1: okay Well, Dr. Linda Parsi, thank you so much for being here today on Pediatrics Now.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Holly. You'll have a wonderful day. and Y'all be safe. And I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much.
1: Coming up on our next episode, how to survive and thrive in this extreme heat. We'll talk to a wilderness instructor. Thanks so much for listening to Pediatrics Now. I'm Holly Weymouth. Our website is pediatricsnowpodcast.com. You can email me at pediatricsnow at uthscsa.edu with any questions or topic ideas. See you next time!